Good evening. Our top stories tonight, Joe Mixon may be replaced in the backfield of the Cincinnati Bengals by Ezekiel Elliott, or Rashad Penny may be replaced in the backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles, or Brees Hall, not Brees Hall, is not getting it replaced. Brees Hall says, GTFO, Zeke, I know we're one of your final three teams. You're not coming here. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott has his final three. Bryce Young has many suitors, many suitors that you would not expect teams that are picking outside the top four all over Bryce Young. Carolina Panthers all over every quarterback. And finally, we've got an injury to KJ Hamler. We're going to talk to Denver Broncos local Nate Polvote and hear what he has to say about how this affects the team, all that, and much, much more on Player Profiler today. Nate, how's it going? Good to finally talk to you. It's been a while. Aaron in the chat. Hello to you as well. What's up, Aaron? What is up, Jack? It's so good to be here, man. We got a ton to talk about, right? Lots of news today. We do. It's been a while. It's 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 been a long, long time, and I miss you. Glad that we can talk together finally, catch up on everything, including the Panthers. The Panthers and all these other teams in need of a quarterback because Bryce Young, he had his pro day today. And Bryce Young, he had dinner. So I, did, I don't know how this actually played out. I read Bryce Young had back-to-back dinners with the Panthers and the Raiders. But I'm wondering, was that one night with the Panthers, the next with the Raiders? Or did he literally have two dinners that night, one with the Panthers, one with the Raiders? And is this all part of the strategy to keep him above 200 pounds? Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like he's a growing boy. So two dinners in one night, hopefully they were both like big, fat porterhouses, like make those teams pay. Right. I I think this is interesting that he met with the Raiders. I mean, I mocked the Raiders trading up in two consecutive drafts. So, but I think they like Will Levis a little bit more. Do you, you think they're on the Will Levis train? I think they're on the, they should be on the Anthony Richardson train behind Jimmy Garoppolo. But for all the same reasons, I like Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. You can make that exact same case for Will Levis. Sit behind Jimmy G for a year, maybe two, and then unleash an athletic cannon arm quarterback. Well, poor Jimmy G, man. Career bridge quarterback, right? Because he's the bridge in San Francisco. Now, whoever they bring in, he's going to be the bridge. But are we sure they're going to go quarterback in this draft? I mean, all signs point towards that being what's going to happen. But these things always get weird. Because it feels like they're going to have to trade up if they want to get one of these guys. They will. They will. But we also know they did explore a trade up to the first overall pick. This was before they signed Jimmy G. And they realized that it's not going to get it done. We're not going to give up three first round picks. But that was to the 101. They could trade up to that 103 with the Arizona Cardinals. And it would be an easier pill to swallow, I'm sure. Get the quarterback three. And could the quarterback three be Bryce Young? Oh, I can't see him going past, well, I guess if Carolina takes Anthony Richardson, then at number two, Houston takes Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, then they get one of Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud with that third pick. It's funny you mentioned that because we did mock that yesterday in my Dynasty Diehard show was the Raiders trading up to that third pick because if you think about it, the Cardinals are in a really good position here. They need an edge rusher. That's what they're targeting in this draft. They can get an edge rusher at three, but they can also get one in the back half of those first 10 picks. So if there's a quarterback needy team that wants to make a deal, get some additional compensation, they can make that deal. Yeah, there it's and again, we don't know anything. 
See, I think that the Panthers love C.J. Stroud. Josh McCown made no secrets that he is in love with him, wants to meet him on the court when he moves to Charlotte. And when the QB coach is saying that in front of the cameras, eh, that's a little bit telling. And I know it's smokescreen season, but I think they love C.J. Stroud. But I admit, I could be fooled by these smokescreens that are coming out. Thomas Davis may be the one telling the truth, saying that they love Anthony Richardson. It could be Bryce Young, too. Apparently, they quite like Bryce Young. That's why they sent 11 members of the team to meet with Bryce Young. And even still, the Panthers are sending, I think, nine at minimum to meet with Will Levis tonight over dinner. That's that's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how these first four picks go, because we know Indy needs a quarterback. We know Carolina and Houston are taking a quarterback. Obviously, the Cardinals aren't. But if they trade out, are we going to see four quarterbacks in the first four picks? And it, I can't even remember a time when we saw that happen. And we always wish cast this kind of thing, but this is the year it really could happen. We only would need to see one trade up for it to happen because we're no get we're getting three out of the top four. And there's rumors we're getting four out of the top seven. Who's that seventh pick? The Raiders. But it's interesting too because the Seahawks are doing their due diligence on quarterback. They met with Bryce Young. They met with C.J. Stroud. Well, so if you're Geno Smith, how do you feel about this? All of a sudden, you've had a great season, and now you're becoming a bridge quarterback as well. But to be fair, Seattle needs to get a quarterback outside of Geno Smith to start to develop. Well, they paid him like a bridge quarterback, too. So teams can't lie with their moves. They paid Geno Smith $25 million a year, which can get up to $35 million a year. And... If they do, and if Chino believes in himself, then he's going to get to that 35 by holding off a rookie quarterback. So I don't think Gino minds too much. I think he knows what his role in the NFL is at this point, but I also think he's the guy that is going to welcome the challenge and just say, hey, beat me out, Drew Locke. You're not going to. Well, yeah, obviously Drew Locke's not going to beat him out. Could you imagine? Oh, the NFL world would just fall apart. On that, that was the conversation last year, though. That was oh, the conversation sure. last year. Now it would be CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, but I think he'll be fine in that mentor role. I'm not worried about it there, but I'm just, I'm curious. I'm curious with Josh McCown, him talking to Stroud with the Raiders trying to trade up to one. Now they're meeting, having dinner with Bryce Young. I am so curious where all of this shakes up. So Nate, final prediction. Where do you have these four quarterbacks going and how would you rank them? In terms of dynasty. Ooh, okay. So where I think they're going to land, I think we're going to see, we're probably going to see Stroud in Carolina. I, it just feels Bingo. like that has to happen. Bingo. The Texans are going to take um, Bryce Young. That has so to happen. Arizona is going to trade that pick to the Raiders. They're going to get Anthony Richardson. And then Will Levis goes to the Colts at four. Unless the Colts can trade up to that third pick and kind of screw the Raiders out of it. But I don't think that's happening. And then the, the Cardinals trade back again from four with, so the Raiders can trade up from seven could still happen Ooh. that way too. It's interesting. And I agree fully. It just feels as though, and I said this even before the trade, it feels as though CJ Stroud was meant to be a Carolina Panther. It feels as though Bryce Young is meant to be a Houston Texan though. I will say Nate, he does look pretty good in the sil silver and black. You know, he does. It pains me as a Broncos fan, but that Raiders hate's gotten less as I've gotten into the industry and have to be more impartial here. He's a, he would be a great fit for that offense. I mean, he's already, he's ready to start now, but you have 
the luxury of being able to sit him by, behind Jimmy G for the first five, six weeks, knowing that Bryce Young will eventually start this season. This is a lost year for Las Vegas more than likely in this division. Denver's going to be better. The Chargers are going to be better. Obviously, Kansas City's Kansas City. Probably best case scenario for him with those weapons would be Las Vegas. I mean, do you want him in Houston? With that just absolute mess and a, a freshman coach. That's what concerns me about Bryce Young in Houston. I'm coming around to Bryce Young on the Houston Texans because of the offensive line. See, the things mm. that the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans have done right is the Detroit Lions model is they say, hey, we're going to build the trenches. We're going to invest in the offensive line. We're going to get Pro Bowl, all pro caliber talent around this quarterback. Then when we get our guy, at least they're going to be safe. And so obviously there's better fits with him having better weapons and Robert Woods and Nico Collins aren't fighting to be the wide receiver one. But what happens if at 12, they end up going out and drafting a wide receiver one in the draft? What if they get Jackson Jigba? What if they get Quinton Johnston? What if they get Zay Flowers? So I think Bryce Young with the Texans ultimately is fine. I do think that the Raiders are probably the best landing spot for anyone though, based on weapons, but I'd be scared of Bryce Young behind that O-line as well. And that's a fair point. I mean, they were, they released Alex Leatherwood, who was a first round pick. They can't seem to get the offensive line right in Las Vegas. I do think I like what you just said there, Quentin Johnson at 12 to the Texans. That changes how I feel about that. Because if you get that big bodied receiver for Bryce Young, that's kind of a game changer in Houston. They've already got Dalton Schultz. Devin Singletary eh, with Damian Pierce, that's kind of a whatever move to me. But I don't know. Maybe this Houston Texans organization is going to be better than we think. I think Carolina is going to be better than we're expecting. And they're in a really – they're in the worst division in football, to be fair. So that's not a high bar. I think they can win that division, even with a rookie starting at quarterback or Andy Dalton for that matter. I mean, what about the AFC South with the Texans too? They're up against the Colts. They're up against the Titans who are – rebuilding tearing the floor out there so there's a lot going on there is still so much to come there's so much smoke going around but you'll never get smoke with player profiler we're here to tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth and we're here to help you win some money too when you use our promo code over on underdog fantasy because we love our friends over at underdog the best best ball that you can find use promo code underworld when you sign up for a hundred dollar deposit match and win some money playing best ball because we've got the rankings you can sign up for the all-in package and get our rankings it'll tell you who to draft an underdog just profit with us sign up for the all-in package use promo code jack when you sign up and just reap the rewards we're giving you the money and the tools to win even more that's right and guys you can't do this on your own this is and now this game has gotten so much more complicated there's so many more facets to the nfl than there were even five years ago And you've got tight end premium, you've got PPR, you've got wide receiver premium, all sorts of crazy scorings. The more help you can get, the better. And like, seriously, guys, player profiler is the place to get that help. It is. It is. And speaking of getting help, there are several teams looking at Ezekiel Elliott for help in the backfield. And Zeke has narrowed those offers down to three. I'm shocked that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not one of them. I thought he might follow his former running back coach, Skip Pete, to Tampa Bay, be the Leonard Fournette to Rashad White's Rashad White. But Zeke's not interested, it sounds like. Zeke narrows it down, number one, to the New York Jets. And Brees Hall says, GTFO, we're good. We don't want none. 
Michael Carter and I are good. No Zeke right on Twitter calls him out. Then we also have the Philadelphia Eagles. So he'd be competing with Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott. And then for the Cincinnati Bengals, the final team, I think he would just be the perfect fill in for Samaj Pirine, if I'm being honest. No, hundred percent. And so something I just saw on the bird app on Twitter, uh, John Clark of NBC Philadelphia has said that the Eagles aren't interested. He's been told that they're happy. They have, they have not engaged in any talks with Ezekiel Elliott's agent or Ezekiel Elliott. They're happy with where they're at, which you know what that tells me, right? What's that? Bijan at 10. They did meet with Bijan Robinson just a couple days ago. Well, I mean, if you look at that running back room, why wouldn't you be interested in a talent like Ezekiel Elliott? Not just a talent, but snipe a guy from your divisional opponent, your divisional rival. But if they're not in on Zeke, they're looking somewhere else because they're not going to just roll out with Rashad Penny, right, Jack? No, definitely not. They would be looking to the draft for sure, adding some sort of veteran running back because there's no way they're that confident with Trey Sermon as their RB4, knowing that Rashad Penny, he's probably not going to play a full 17. Well, Boston Scott RB1 season, right? No, it's Kenny Gainwell, RB1 season. Kenny Gainwell will never be an RB1. He's better than Boston Scott is. That's a fair point. Fair point. I can't argue with that. Yeah, so we're eliminating the Eagles, so that would mean we're down to two. And the Jets, it's already causing strife in the locker room with Brees Hall calling publicly calling out Ezekiel Elliott, saying, no, we don't want none. Michael Carter and I are good. And they just re-signed Ty Johnson earlier today after this report comes out. So could that have been the jet signal? Yeah, we've, we've looked at the price tag and you don't fit in our budget. So we're going to go with RB four Ty Johnson instead. Yeah, that makes sense. That hundred percent makes sense. I'm curious what his asking price is. I, I think, too. I think since he's kind of where he ends up, I don't know that there's a team that makes more sense than Cincinnati. I mean, there are teams that would make more sense but none of them are interested and he's not interested in them. So it's, it's gotta be Cincinnati. That's where I'm heading to. And I kind of like the idea of it. Joe Mixon gets to stay Joe Mixon. When I first read this, I'm thinking, Oh, that's a bad sign for Joe Mixon. Ezekiel Elliott does a lot of the same things he does. Oh, that's a bad sign. But then I dive in a little bit deeper and start thinking, well, wait, they've got Travion Williams and Chris Evans on the roster. They don't trust Chris Evans and Travion Williams is a special teamer. Now, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals end up drafting a running back, but if they do, that would mean it's a running back who's learning to pass block, learning the nuances of the game, and that means Travion Williams is going to be playing an extensive amount of snaps. So no, Joe Mixon will be backed up by Ezekiel Elliott. He'll just be new Samaj P. Ryan. He'll be the short yardage back. He'll be in there on third downs pass blocking. He'll run some routes, but I think he'll be used more for his pass blocking prowess. Zeke, honestly, as weird as it sounds, the perfect, perfect fit for Cincinnati. No, I agree. And here's the thing. If if you look at Mixon's numbers, I mean, he's got a year of 3.9 yards per carry and 3.6 yards per carry. He barely gets over that four yards per carry threshold, except for 2018, his second season in the league. But as a pass catching back, he had 75 targets last season. So you can free up Mixon to be more of that pass catching Alvin Kamara type back. And you've got Zeke to carry that, that Mark Ingram Latavius Murray role where he pounds the rock. Like you said, I think this makes the most sense for me. I I think that's where we're headed. Draft a rookie too. not, you don't need to draft a day one rookie, but 
if you draft a Tajay Spears to eventually become that pass catching back, you draft a Zach Charbonnet, maybe that might be a mm-hmm. little bit high. Draft Ke- Kendra Miller because of the injury discount that you're going to be getting with him. Bengals with Ezekiel Elliott draft a rookie. They're, they're honestly in good shape as a team. It's going to hurt Joe Mixon slightly in the touchdown totals, but I think it, as you said, it will free him up to do more work as a receiver. I like it. I really like it, especially because they have no tight end of consequence either. So that's more check downs to Joe Mixon. Right. Well, and Mixon only, he only had seven rushing touchdowns last season. He had two receiving, but I think with Zeke, we can see that receiving touchdown total kind of bump up a little bit because you can do misdirection in the red zone where you fake it to Zeke, you run a play action, then you can get Mixon open because it appears like he's rolling out to block or he's coming around a corner to lead Zeke. I think the possibilities are endless in this offense. And I get why Zeke would want to go to Cincinnati because out of these three teams, it's probably his best shot at getting back to a Super Bowl outside of Philly, of course. But this is a this is his chance to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I suppose there's the narrative with the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers coming in, going to get to the Super Bowl. Maybe Odell Beckham's coming in. We're building a superstar cast in New York. So there's that narrative. But if it's already causing issues in the locker room, Brees Hall having absolutely none of that. Right. Hey, are, is Joe Douglas going to make the investment or is he going to sit Brees Hall down? And this is why when I'm running the Twitter page, I screenshot it and then post the tweet because, you know, these athletes delete all of their tweets. Rashad Bateman immediately deleted his tweets about uh, general manager Eric DaCosta, but player profilers still had them up because we screenshotted it because we are on the ball. We're here to give you everything that you need. Yeah, Jack, you are one of the most on-the-ball social media people I've ever met in my life, for real. If you're not following Player Profiler on Twitter, like you're missing out on a ton of news, folks. Tons of news. Breaking news just ahead of a lot of the big news breakers out there. We are pulling from all sorts, and we are able to give you updates and links to our player pages where you get all sorts of goodies as well whenever there is a breaking news update. And we had one today. I don't know if you checked out the TikTok or the Instagram reels. You can find all of this there, but broke down the breaking news that KJ Hamler has torn his pectoral muscle. He is going to be out four to six months. And that kind of puts a damper on what the Broncos had planned. Doesn't it? Because they've been shopping Jerry Judy, but not actively shopping Jerry Judy. It's a, Hey, if you want him, it's a first round pick cough up or leave us alone. Sounds as though they've been actively shopping Cortland Sutton, but can they afford to trade either of those guys? If KJ Hamler goes down, they're not going to have him to start the season. And now it's just wide receiver three, Kendall Hinton. I mean, Hinton didn't look horrible last season, but you've got Tim Patrick, you know, Tim Patrick is a guy who can step. He steps into the two. He steps into the two. I get what you're saying here. Yeah. He steps into the two. Here's my thing with KJ Hamler. Someone who has watched him, since his rookie season and before watching him at Penn state, he's fast. He's very fast, but he's that deep field stretch guy. He's Donovan people's Jones, where it's, he doesn't score a touchdown. He's not really relevant. And he hasn't provided a lot for this team. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. I feel like this is his make it or break it year. And if he misses the first month or two of the season, that's going to really hurt his stock with the team not just in fantasy, but with the team and with coach Sean Payton, because you're going to have other guys that are going to come in and play these roles. And if they're successful, I think Hamler's a guy that should that happen, they move him at the trade deadline or they release him at the end of the, uh, end of the season. 
this is bad news for KJ Hamler. And it sucks to see somebody have their value dinged or have their career affected by an injury like this. But the reality is this is the NFL and we see it happen all the time. I'm not convinced they're not going to go after a wide receiver third or fourth round of the draft either. Ooh, you think, you think they go, they wait that long. You don't think it'll be even earlier now with this news coming out that KJ Hamler's not, he, he could be back in July. That's the thing. It's a four month minimum injury. So that's right. July, but max is six months. We'll put him back in mid September. Well, the, the injury specifically concerns me that torn pectoral, because these are guys that have to go up for balls. They have to extend their arms. When you've torn that muscle, you can feel it. That's not going to be good for him. So I feel like it's probably closer to a six month return though. I'm not a doctor. Um, I just feel like he's going to be out longer. However, I don't, the Broncos don't have a pick until the third round, Jack. They don't have a second round pick. Oh, right. So the earliest they can target a wide receiver is the, the, the third round. And I believe I saw them talking to Reese Rice this week. They were kind of high on him. Um, I don't know. I don't know what this team's going to do with no draft picks in the first two rounds. Hopefully they can trade into at least the second round or get that first round for Judy if they're going to deal him. But I don't see it happening. I don't think there's a team. Would you, if you were an NFL GM, Jack, would you give up a first round pick for Jerry Judy? No, absolutely not. Especially this late in his, in his career. You're not even getting the benefits of the rookie contract anymore. You got to make a decision to pay him immediately. Right. No, not having that, not doing that. And it is interesting with KJ Hamler. While Montreal Washington, he's, he's not fast. He doesn't run the 4-3 the like KJ Hamler. He is kind of that smaller gadget player, which KJ Hamler can do. They also signed little Jordan Humphrey, who's a slot player as well. He's more of a blocker, but they're adding people to replace KJ Hamler in parts. And then Tim Patrick, he really, there are people that think Tim Patrick is the most well-rounded player in that wide receiver room within the Denver Broncos. Well, he's, he's a seasoned veteran who out of nowhere started playing well three years ago in Denver after just really kind of kicking around the league, playing for the giants, not really getting a lot of usage there came out of nowhere. Broncos paid him for a reason. And now I know that he's not Sean Payton's guy. We know that, but it doesn't matter because George Patton's still there. George Patton paid him. George Patton wants to see him get used. He was kind of getting on a roll in 2021, and you saw where he was going to slot into this offense, and he is. I mean, he's he's a deep threat. He's a slot threat. He's an over-the-middle-of-the-field threat. He's a, he's a touchdown threat. He's a jump ball threat. He can do it all just without the name recognition, I feel like, especially if he had played last season. I think we're talking about him much differently today. Absolutely. And a lot of people thought that it really hurt the entirety of the Denver Broncos offense, losing Tim Patrick with not just the blocking or not the route running and the ability to contribute, but also as a blocker and just yep. all sorts of things in that nature, completely threw the offense out of funk. I'm going to be interested to see what the Denver Broncos do to rehab this team. And as Russell Wilson rehabs, because he had a scope, we just found out now we don't know when that happened. It apparently happened after the season, which could have been any time between now and January, but he had a scope most of the time when it's a scope, that means it's an MCL that or not MCL a meniscus that they're getting clean up. We're not doctors. We don't know what actually happened, but could this help Lamar Jackson improve because he's been dealing with this for a couple years now? I think so. I absolutely think so. Um, I hope so. God, I really hope so. You know, I think Sean Payton's going to get the most out of him, plain and simple. I think we're going to see a different rust than we saw in 2022. 
that was Nathaniel Hackett was terrible for that locker room. The things that we've heard about what's going on with this franchise are just almost mind boggling. Like the entourage that Russ brought in, how can you get the respect of your teammates when you're acting like you're the super superstar on the team and you're up above everybody else and they don't show up at his birthday party. Like that's not a locker room guy. And I think what's going to change with Peyton is that he's going to have to be more of a locker room guy and Peyton won't be shy about it. I mean, yeah, they're paying him, but the ultimate idea is to win. And Jarrett Stidham is a more than capable backup. And if Russell Wilson is looking awful through six, seven games, and I've, I've read this a couple of places, there are a lot of people in the league who believe Peyton won't be shy about yanking Russ and putting in Jarrett Stidham to start until they can get Russ right. It's like a message. I mean, if the season's already got, if you're one in six through seven games and Russ has played terrible, why wouldn't you? Yank him and play Stidham. Wow. And I I have heard that, yes, Sean Payton, he is not tied to Russell Wilson. It is, if I can help him, great. If I can rebound with Russell Wilson, great. But if not, I got time. I'll figure out my franchise quarterback later. Yeah. I can. We can say, see you later, goodbye, and move on. Something that the Arizona Cardinals are trying to do with DeAndre Hopkins. And that news continues to heat up. That Hopkins could be traded. We now hear from Adam Pacman Jones on the Pat McAfee show that the Bills, the Patriots, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Falcons are five teams that are in on DeAndre Hopkins. We also hear that the Kansas City Chiefs could be in on Hopkins as well as DJ Chark. Well, the Chiefs have to do something. They have no wide receivers right now. I, I think they're going to take Jalen Hyatt with the last pick of the first round. I have mocked it there twice. He's He fits that offense to me. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them and Andy Reid go after DeAndre Hopkins. But I think my favorite landing spot for him is the Bills. I think he's instantly – now you've got 1A and 1B in Diggs and Hopkins. You lean a little bit more on Diggs, but he had a down season last season. And now you can eliminate the up and down of Gabe Davis and relegate that to wide receiver three. Because ultimately, I feel like that's what this franchise wants to do. They just haven't had a lot of options to attain a wide receiver that can bump in over Gabe Davis. I think Gabe Davis is going to move to wide receiver four because DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. He'll be X. He'll be Z. He'll play both of those positions. He and Stephon Diggs will rotate on the outside. But in the slot, that's not really where Gabe Davis is Fair. suited for. Instead, it's going to be Khalil Shakur. It's going to be Deontay Hardy. It's going to be Trent Sherfield. It's going to be those guys rotating. And I hope Khalil Shakur wins that job. But I think if they do trade for DeAndre Hopkins and the fact that they're interested in him, tells me that the Buffalo Bills view Gabe Davis as a wide receiver for as a rotational piece in that offense. Well, that's what he should be. He's been, he has these big like strings of really good games, but he can't keep it together. I mean, look how enamored we all were because of a playoff game a year and a half ago, two years ago when he didn't do it really all season. He got a little hot at the end of the season. He had one game, one game one game and sometimes that's all it takes but he showed this season he's exactly what we thought he was a very streaky wide receiver who ultimately he shouldn't be on the field for the majority of snaps in this offense no no he should not and it'll be nice to see him replaced and it's nice to see though that the bills are investing at wide receiver because so many teams don't have a second option. The Dallas Cowboys, they went out and got a second option, Brandon Cooks, and now that moves Michael Gallup to wide receiver three, and Dak has multiple pieces to throw to. 
The Bills do that with Hopkins. That's a good thing. And it seems as though the Giants are trying to do that with Daniel Jones. They're just going for every slot receiver possible. It's getting slotty up in New York. They've got Paris Campbell, the slot receiver. They've got Wandale Robinson, the slot receiver, coming off the ACL tear. They've got Sterling Shepard, the slot receiver, coming off the ACL tear. And now they go out and they add another slot receiver in Jamison Crowder, the slottiest of all slot receivers. Crazy. They're just building this offense with just that short to intermediate game. But that's where Daniel Jones thrives, isn't it? In that accuracy. No, and you nailed it. And that's why they're not getting these deep threats. Though, I think there's a chance the Giants go wide receiver at 25. I mocked Josh Downs to him yesterday. I think he'd be a good fit. I'm not convinced they're done. Jameson Crowder's a nice role play. I don't I don't hate that one at all. He's not fantasy-wise. I mean, I'm not rushing out to roster him. Are you? No. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's not going to play. He's going to be a rotational piece at best. He's insurance in case someone else gets hurt. But I like what you said about the Giants continuing to add at wide receiver. We're going to see some big moves there. We're going to see some big moves across the NFL. Nate, any final big predictions that we're expecting? I'm predicting there are going to be three major trades in the first round of the draft in day one. I'm not sure what they are, but I think the Raiders move up. And I think there's going to be a couple more might involve the Broncos and Jerry Judy. Who knows? 